I'm Christine Bentley here with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money, that's wealth esteem. The Canadian Liver Foundation Stroll for Liver event is coming up on Saturday, June 2nd. That's one week today in Scarborough. It's a family-friendly, community-based walk or run dedicated to raising funds for liver research and education. And Kate, we're going to be joined by uh, Shirley Nunez, a former PBC patient and liver transplant recipient, and Shirley's sister, Lisa Mena, and who is her, both her sister and her liver donor. Mm-hmm. And they both have an incredible story that they're going to share. And Jennifer Turak from the CLF GTA chapter will also be here to tell us more about the event and how people can register and take part. Absolutely. And we're also going to hear about another important walk. This one is happening tomorrow. Cystic Fibrosis Canada's Walk to Make Cystic Fibrosis History is happening at Richmond Hills Mill Pond. And we'll be joined by walk organizer Mary Lou Moriarty, who has been hit twice by a cystic fibrosis diagnosis in her family and wants to turn hope into history by finding a cure. Author Jen Waite is going to talk to us about how she discovered the person that she built her life around never existed. I know, this is classic, classic, classic. book title. <laughs> Wait for this, you do it. She's written a book called A Beautiful, Terrible Thing, A Memoir of Marriage and Betrayal, <laughs> which is a page turner you won't want to miss. And I'm trying to think, um, I'll have to absolutely read this because uh, I, I, I know so many people who have not written the book, but told me the story. The same story. (laughs) Told me the story again and again over many months Mm -hmm. and many years. Well, here's what I need to hear about. I need to hear from registered holistic nutritionist Christina Vero. She's going to be telling us how to stabilize our food and energy levels through food. Film critic Ann Brody will have the latest and greatest movie and TV reviews, including On Chesil Beach, which is out now. And a big congrats to our contest winners who were mailed run of engagement passes this week, thanks to Elevation Pictures. Do let us know what you think of the film. And going back to stabilizing my energy levels mm-hmm. with Christina Vero, mm-hmm. I'm I'm dying to hear about how chocolate rates in there. <laughs> <laughs> Closing out the show today, we have singer and songwriter Tanya Chanchuli, who is going to perform her new single, Marie, in our live studio sessions. Now, last week, we gave away copies of Black Panther on Blu-ray, and we have some more contests to tell you about today. We're giving away more Blu-ray copies, this time of Disney's A Wrinkle in Time and Disney's Peter Pan. Can you believe it's the 65th anniversary? No. So you can enter to win now at whatshesaidtalk.com. And don't forget, we're also giving away a free 50-minute massage and facial at Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa. Definitely go on to whatshesaidtalk.com and enter those contests. And that's where you can find out how to follow us on social media. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. The Canadian Liver Foundation's Stroll for Liver event is coming up on Saturday, June 2nd. It's a family-friendly, community-based walk-slash-run dedicated to raising funds for liver research and education. Now, joining us in studio now are two women with an incredible story. Please welcome Shirley Nunez, a former PBC patient and liver transplant recipient, and Lisa Mena, Shirley's sister and liver donor. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Okay, so Shirley, you discovered you've been living with a 
rare liver disease back in 2004, just 30 years old. It's called PBC. That's primary biliary cirrhosis. That's right. Can you explain to us what that is? Uh, it's an autoimmune disease, which um, it, uh, it destroys the bile ducts. Okay. And so when I was diagnosed in 2004, um, I guess through, I was feeling like really sick, very lethargic, um, very tired, and had to go through numerous um, blood tests, um, uh, liver biopsy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, I had uh, ERCP done through the, mm-hmm. to the bile ducts. Mm-hmm. It's like cleaning of the bile ducts. Um, and just through a lot of routine tests. And uh, when I did the liver biopsy, that's when they gave me the final diagnosis that it was PBC, stage two at the time. So what was it like for your family at that time? Uh, devastating. So when we got, I, I first I got the, uh, the diagnosis. And at the time, my mom and husband were out with my two kids at the time. And uh, we met halfway. And that's when I gave them the news. And it was... There was a lot of tears, a lot of tears, and then we all came back together, and we had a we had a meeting, we had a family meeting, and you know, every the first thing you think is, okay, she's gonna die, or it's, it, there was a lot of fear and not knowing what it is, what is PBC, because mm-hmm. we had no clue. Well, you went from being perfectly healthy, no symptoms, to having really total liver failure, so. I mean, did you just wake up one day and it happened, or were there slowly signs that were creeping up? And when did that start? A year? That that happened in two thousand and two thousand and four. After I had my second child, Ah. so it was I was perfectly fine. And I guess I you start uh, I started blaming blaming my parents, and I thought, okay, was it is it their fault? Is it or is it something that I did? Something that I ate? Something that I drank because people always think oh you have cirrhosis and we took cirrhosis as okay maybe she drank too much or something Mm, like that right but it's not genetic but it's not genetic no so then 10 years later you couldn't have had this at the beginning of your illness but 10 years later your sister became your living donor and now at least at the time you were five months postpartum yes i was with your third child so you had two other girls five and seven yes but no hesitation to start the no, process? not at all. Not at all. Actually, from the beginning, from when Shirley was diagnosed, I actually said, if we can do this now, let's do the, you know, the transplant now. But unfortunately, it wasn't something that we could do at the time. They said, no, you have to wait till she's really ill, which is mm. sad to say, but that's how they looked at it. So I said, okay, we... Um, and then when it came time to, I said, I'm signing up for sure. It, was, it wasn't it was easy. I'll be honest. It was not an easy decision. Uh, also, throughout the process, it was kind of hard. Um, thinking about my kids, my little one, she wasn't even a year old when I had mm-hmm. the surgery. So it was hard. It was hard. But there was no way that I could not do this for my sister and for my niece and my two nephews. It was like... They need their mother. And it was worse hearing stories that she would tell me and uh, writing letters to the kids, you know, if something was to happen to her. It was like, you're not needing to write letters. I'm like, you're silly. You're crazy. You know, like your kids are going to see you. They're, they're going to have you there. You know, you're going to walk your daughter down the aisle. You're going to see your kids get married and go to college, Graduate. university and all that. Yeah. So it was no hesitation whatsoever on my part. Well, you're already close to your sisters, yes. and it, it, it seems like you've all, always been close. What yeah. has this done to your relationship? Well, you, you feel like we've always been close. Like, there are many times when we were asked, are you twins? And we're like, yeah, we're twins, you know. <laughs> and we're six years apart. And, and, I mean, you kind of, or for myself, I, you reground yourself and say, you know what? You, you appreciate that I only have my, my one and only sister and you appreciate everything else more in life, mm. you know? So, so both of you have, have regained enough strength to take part in the, in the Stroll for Liver event on Saturday, June 2nd. What are you looking forward to most? Meeting, uh, meeting other people, meeting others, mm-hmm. um, helping out others. If, if, you know, if anybody wants to talk to us and share our stories with them, we're there, you know. Um, it's a lot of fun for the yeah. kids, for the families to all get together. So one in four Canadians can be affected by by liver disease. What do you hope people learn from your story, other than the love of a sister? (laughs) That it's, you can help anybody. I mean, it's not just 
your family members, just try to help anybody that needs it. You know, just be go out there and become a donor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It is a scary thing, but you have to help. It's the best thing ever to know that you've given somebody the second chance of life and that they'll continue on. And that it works. It works. It- it worked for us. It yeah. does work. Living donation does work. How complicated is is the test? For my part, it wasn't that complicated. No? Um, it was first blood work, uh, uh-huh. as long as we are a match. And then from there, of course, they check to see your health and, and so on and so forth. So uh, I think that was my challenging part was obviously I just had a baby and the weight. And mm. <laughs> that was a bit of a challenge, but I, I stuck to it and uh, I managed to, to get to where I had to get to. Now, the the liver regenerates itself. Yes, it Has does. yours regenerated Oh, yes. Fully? After a week. Of, after a what? week? After yeah. a week yeah. of my surgery, it was fully regenerated. Fully regenerated. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. myself, it was because um, at the time I was, I was jaundice. And um, I remember like it was two days later and my eyes like looked clear and, and I had... And my mom said, she goes, your face is rosy now. Because for so many years, I had color. You know, everybody would say, you have a tan. And she was so amazed of of how I I looked. Well, thank you so much for for sharing your story. Thank Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. If you want to learn more about the Stroll for Liver on June 2nd, you can go to liver.ca and learn how to donate, or you can actually register for the event. Joining us now in studio is Jennifer Turek, the Regional Coordinator for the Canadian Liver Foundation's GTA chapter. Uh, Jennifer, we're so glad you could join us. That was an incredible story. Why do you think it is just so important for Canadians to support liver research? The um, statistic for Canadians is that one in four may be affected by liver disease. Um, Right now, liver cancer is the fastest growing cancer in Canada. um, And it's because people don't often think about their liver. Uh, They don't ask their doctors to check it in a regular routine, uh, physical. And it's something that needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed with health, uh, with what you eat, um, with how you exercise. You need to really consider your liver for your well-being. I didn't even know I could ask my doctor to check. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a great, great mm-hmm. nugget of information. Um, what can people expect at the Toronto Stroll for Liver? So the stroll will begin with a professional warm-up so that everybody gets all ready to limber. Either, right, exactly, limber. Um, and we are having this year a running lane, which we've never had before. So people that are interested in running can run the stroll path, um, and people that are interested in walking have that option as well. Um, and basically it's a three to five kilometer, depending how far you want to go, stroll um, mm-hmm. with interesting facts about uh, liver disease along the way. Um, and it ends with a... A, a nutritious liver healthy lunch donated by NutriFarms is coming out with their uh, food truck and we'll have a carnival and all kinds of activities for kids. So it's for everyone? It's for everybody. Excellent. So it starts at 10 a.m. June 2nd at Millican District Park. That's a Steels and McCowan. And people can register now? They can register now online at liver.ca or they can show up at the park and register right on site. So um, how many people are you hoping? To We're hoping part? to have hundreds and hundreds, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And the money raised will go to? So the money raised will go toward liver research so that doctors can continue to look into the study of liver and what's causing the different forms of liver disease. And where is that done? So for the most part, it's done across Canada Mm -hmm. um, at various hospitals across the country. That's excellent. Okay, so the Toronto Stroll for Liver, again, you just go to liver.ca. and You just go to liver.ca, you'll get a pop-up right there, Stroll for Liver, and it'll take you right to the site. That's excellent. Uh, Jennifer Turek, thank you so much for joining us today, and we hope people listening uh, and watching this will get involved and that you have a very successful, a successful day. Thank you so much for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. 
Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Cystic Fibrosis Canada's walk to make cystic fibrosis history is kicking off tomorrow at Richmond Hills Mill Pond. And joining us now is the walk organizer, Mary Lou Moriarty. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Okay, so cystic fibrosis is the most common fatal genetic disease affecting Canadian children and young adults. For people that don't know, can you explain exactly what it is? Sure. So cystic fibrosis causes mucus buildup in the lungs, pancreas, and other organs, which necessitate a daily regimen of physiotherapy and medication. It is a progressive genetic disease that causes persistent lung infections. It hinders the bodies from absorbing nutrients, and it limits the ability to breathe over time. Well, thousands of participants across Canada are uniting at local community walk sites during CF Awareness Month to celebrate their fundraising efforts while imagining a world without cystic fibrosis. Your family has been hit twice by cystic fibrosis Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. diagnosis. Tell us about your family story. Sure. So um, October 2014, my three-week-old son, Colin, was diagnosed through newborn screening. And so we immediately flashed back to my husband's cousin, who had recently passed away from cystic fibrosis. Um, At age 18, she had a double lung transplant. But at 28, she unfortunately passed away from complications due to cystic fibrosis. So we felt we received a death sentence that day. For your son? For my son, yes. Have, have things changed over time in that is the prognosis better than it was 20 years ago? The prognosis is better. Uh, the median age of survival in Canada is about 53 years old, three years. So that's not bad. But how, your son is three now? He's three now, yes. So tell us about his daily struggles, his daily life. So every day he takes about 20 enzyme pills a day just in order to absorb the nutrients in his food. If not, he would be malnourished. He also receives about 30 to 60 minutes um, of daily physiotherapy um, and nebulizer treatments. And if he um, were to become sick, that would also increase. And when he is sick, he takes antibiotics for the minimum of three weeks. And during cold and flu season, that he'd have many rounds of antibiotics. So what's his day-to-day li- life like? I mean, is, d- does he exercise? Is he, can he play soccer or whatever? Yeah, they really, um, cystic fibrosis doctors and nurses really encourage him to be active. So we have him running around where he's doing a lot of sports, and that enables the, the mucus in his lungs to loosen. So um, that's why they encourage exercise. Now, he's only three, he's only so three. he probably doesn't understand. He has been doing these treatments since he was two weeks old, so he, has, he thinks it's normal. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yeah. understand. Well, I had uh, my twins had asthma, and so they thought it was normal to be, you know, with a nebulizer. Yeah. Um, um, you're expecting again? I am expecting, yes. Um, do you have a fear? Do you carry a fear about this one? So we actually ended up doing IVF to screen genetically for mm-hmm. cystic fibrosis. And according to test results, um, this baby does not have cystic fibrosis. So that, that, and how are you going to explain this to your son when he's old enough to understand about what he's got? I think it's the key is to be um, as honest as possible. Um, you know, explain to him the importance of the daily medication, mm-hmm. um, what's on the line if he doesn't comply with his uh, regime. And but we treat them as normal as possible, mm-hmm. and it's just every child has something, right? Everyone has something to deal with, and you know that's something that he'll have to deal with for the rest of his life. But we're very optimistic that he'll have a long and healthy life. 
What, I was just going to ask about the research. Um, where is the bar on research? Because some diseases are are not very high, and some are excellent. We are excellent. So um, in the 1960s, the um, average age of survival was five years old. Now the median age of survival is 53 years. Well, isn't Canada the highest? Canada is the highest in the world. So we're doing fantastic. There is a lot of drugs in the pipeline already um, to treat the underlying cause of cystic fibrosis. So there's really a lot. It's been an explosion of research and um, developments in the past 10 years that we really think will benefit um, cystic fibrosis patients. So I guess we've got our fingers crossed that this will all come online. We do, in yeah. Time for mm-hmm. for okay. him and others. I really do believe that there will be a cure or control for cystic fibrosis in his lifetime. So tell us about uh, the walk to make cystic fibrosis history tomorrow, the one that you're in, in charge of, organizing Richmond Hills Mill Pond. It, it starts at 11.30? The walk starts um, at 11.30 a.m. It's at Mill Pond. And it'll be an hour walk around the pond. Sorry, by around the pond. Mm-hmm. And Rob on the road will emcee the event. Um, Kim Canada Bolton will provide registered walk- walkers with pizza and refreshments. So and that's that's pretty good. Now you can um, go online still today and donate, right? Yes, you can. You can go to um, www.cysticfibrosis.ca forward slash walk. Walk. And so people that might be interested in sponsoring a walker, they can find them there? They can find them there. They can look up the walk location, which is Richmond Hill, on the homepage. Right. And you can find, um, you can sponsor a walker or you can donate directly. I guess one of the things I don't understand is is if we have the highest median age of survival in, in Canada, um, but according to the data that we saw um, in 2016, half of the patients who lost their battle were under 39. This is true. So there are two different statistics, um, and that's why we're working for a cure. Although the potential is to live long and healthy lives, the reality is half of people don't make it past the age of 39, which is why we really want to find a cure. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it is a progressive disease. So as time goes on, the lung function decreases. The um, regimen becomes a full-time job just to maintain your health. Mm -hmm. And so we definitely need um, a cure. And that's why we're so passionate about fundraising because we're just so close to finding this cure that can be life-changing for so many people. So if they don't find a cure, would your son, let's say, have to live with you or somebody to, to, to help administer? Because this sounds like, even though it gets to be a habit, quite, quite, a, um, quite a rigorous regimen. They take the responsibility themselves. There's a lot of self-administered treatments, but it would be helpful to have someone take care of him constantly, um, just to ensure that um, he is on track. As parents, how do you, it's a difficult question, but how do you face this every day? You take it one day at a time. Um, Initially, when he was diagnosed, I felt like I was pushing a boulder up a hill and the boulder just kept falling down because you're doing the treatments every day. And you realize, you know, there's no time off. There's no time off. You can't take a time off. And and there's an end date in, in your head. However, uh, we take one day at a time. And that's why we're so passionate about fundraising. And I think that we'll find a cure. And that's just what you have to do. You just have to be optimistic. And you have to do everything in your power. Um, but every day you're facing what must seem like to be futility, to be futile, without the hope that you hold on to. It is, it is, but that's the key. It's the hope, and that's um, that's why a lot of parents and a lot of um, family members are so passionate about fundraising because without that hope, your life can be really dreary. And um, we take every day at a time. We we play together. We do every activity as as normal as possible. And oh, yeah. if if you don't, then you'd you'd be living right. under a rock and you'd be really depressed. Yeah, yeah. He's only three, so you must be thinking about as he grows up, you you don't want him to feel like... Different. Different. different yeah. And that that he, you know, that, that all this is being done because of him and that he's, you know, um, mm-hmm. sort of singled out. So that must be a challenge, trying to sort of make him feel as normal 
as possible, even though his routine is not normal compared to many other children. That's correct. And that's why we enroll him in different activities and have him play with children and just be a normal kid because mm-hmm. he, he is a normal. normal kid. Yeah. yeah. He's a normal kid. Well, okay. So once again, if you want to find out more about cystic fibrosis, you can go to cysticfibrosis.ca. And while you're there, you just may want to go to uh, cysticfibrosis.ca forward slash walk. Uh, where you can either sign up for tomorrow's walk, get your sneakers on, get out there. Uh, it should be um, a lovely time to walk around the pond. And you can also find out more about cystic fibrosis itself, the genetic disease. Um, thank you very much for coming in and sharing your story today, and good luck. Thank you so much for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com slash TC or call 416-340-7270. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. This is 105.9 The Region. What she Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. And it is time now for Saturday Night at the Movies with our lovely and talented film critic Anne Brody. It is brought to you this week by Elevation Pictures. And we're starting off with On Chessel Beach. But first, a big congratulations to our contest winners who won passes. So how is it? I loved it. Loved it? I loved it. Uh, It's Saoirse Ronan. She plays a newlywed with her husband. They're at uh, an inn on the uh, ocean of Ireland. Anyway, it's the afternoon of their wedding. And so they get into the bedroom and begin to have sex and uh, doesn't work. Both of them have so many resolved, unresolved issues. So the, the rest of the film is them trying to work it out. And it sounds odd. I've never seen that material handled in a film really before with any gravity. But they try to work it out. And, oh, gee, I wish I could tell you without spoiling it. Don't but spoil it. But it is so good. It is such a human portrait of two people in crisis. Hmm. She can do no wrong. Saoirse Ronan is just one of the finest actresses. She's won three Oscars and she's not even 24 yet. I mean, she's nominations, sorry. She is top of the line. Mm-hmm. So she stars with Billy Howell, who I didn't really know, as her husband. And they they knock it out of the park. The script is so beautifully written. Uh, it's a real emotional experience. So is it something that would resonate with almost anybody? I would say, yeah, yeah. We've or just all... married couples in trouble. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but I'm sure there's there's something for everyone in this. Uh, well, not 10-year-olds. <laughs> uh-huh. Solo, a Star Wars story, another one. Yeah. Um, uh, it's the origin story of Han Solo, mm-hmm. starring a newcomer, Alden, something or other. And he's trying so hard to be a character that he is not. Um, I found it disappointing, mostly because the first two thirds of the film are really dark and impenetrable. They're just noise and battle 
and war and darkness. And it, it's heavy, you know, gloomy, mm. and you can't really embrace anything in it. It's, it's cold. And then, boom, the last part of it is sunny and majestic and Star Warsy and thrilling. So it's got quite a double personality. Um, and it's the story of how they begin to take on the evil forces in the universe. Okay, what about what about nobody famous? Nobody famous. <laughs> nobody good. <laughs> She's nobody. shaking her head, looking miserable. Do you just oh, want well, us to no, move no. Past? Daniel Glover's in it. He oh. plays a young Lando Clarissian. What? What? How does he pronounce it? Lando? Nobody Famous. This is Sarah Rotella. Oh, oh Nobody Famous, yes. the movie. Yes, I, well, well, what are you talking about? Star Wars. No, 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 no. Move on. <laughs> Nobody Famous, Nobody the movie. Nobody Famous is hysterical. Okay. It's really dark. It's about a group of friends, all actors, 20-somethings, who go up north. They actually shoot it on Lake Joe. So they, they suddenly realize that all the women in the group, three of them, have gone out for the same role it, the lead in a superhero film. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, jealousy, surveilling one mm-hmm. another, testing each other. Mm-hmm. And then one says, well, you know, I got a second read with Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, she should have kept her mouth shut because things really escalate from there. Oh, dear. It's so funny. It's uh, so shameful. <laughs> what do you mean shame? Well... Human nature at its Human. worst. Yeah. At its absolute at its worst. worst. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Kayak to cling to. Yeah, that's sort of interesting. It's um, the, a young girl, young First Nations girl uh, from Vancouver addressed the UN on, uh, uh, tr- you know, oil development along the coast against the, the liners and the garbage and the everything that it would create. So she had to speak for her uncle who passes away. So she takes a canoe, kayak with her family all the way up to Costa Klemtu, which is her birthplace. And it's kind of mystical. A lot of um, First Nations uh, um, traditions and, and mythologies come into play. Lauren Cardinal plays a funny uncle. I mean, I don't mean funny. I mean hilarious uncle. And uh, so they, they make their way up and they have every kind of disaster you can imagine. But she is so strong-willed that they, they barrel through. Now, next, we have The Gospel According to Andre. My favorite. Oh, yeah. it's such and, a good and, documentary. And I'm, I'm reading some notes here, and I don't know Andre. <laughs> Andre Leontali was the editor-at-large, or has been, for Women's Wear Daily, Vogue, um, Interview Magazine. So he worked with Warhol, Diana Vreeland, Grace Mirabella, Anna Wintour. He's sort of a fashion historian and personality. He's massive. He wears robes like mm-hmm. African robes, and um, people just come in and bow to him. Andre, Andre, do you like my outfit? Do you like my line? And he's he's just so quotable. It's really worth seeing. It's a wonderful inside view of the fashion world with people like Fran Lebowitz giving their two cents. So go see it. Dietland? Dietland. Julia, <laughs> Juliana Margulies plays, well, it's linked, plays a fashion magazine editor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she can't write, so she has a ghostwriter who's who's rather overweight, and so it's a ghostwriter's story: the struggles that women go through, and the 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 false imagery that's in the media, and her battles against it. So it's pretty fun. It's dark. And yeah, they say ten episodes. Do you think it's one that could go further? Yeah, yeah. If it's ten, usually that's kind of a giveaway. So well, fingers crossed for the terror. <laughs> and quickly, uh, Arrested Development is back. For the sec- third time. Yeah. So it's good. been canceled twice, yes. Uh, okay. Thank you, Anne. You're welcome. Um, if you love movies, you can find some new contests as well as Anne's full reviews up now on whatshesaidtalk.com. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at whatshesaidtalk.com. Before you run out and grab yourself a packet of gummy bears for an energy hit, our next guest has some scientifically proven mood-lifting foods, which are definitely much better options. Welcome back, registered holistic nutritionist and our nutrition expert, Christina Vero, to What She Said. Thank you for having me. So what would you say is the biggest contributor to changing energy levels throughout the day? 
So when we're talking about stabilizing energy levels, we're really talking about stabilizing blood sugar levels. Mm -hmm. You know, in an ideal world, all of our blood sugar levels would be pretty stable throughout the day. That's what keeps us pretty even keel. But more often than not, I see people who they're skyrocketing one second with their blood sugar levels and the next minute they're plummeting. And that's really what contributes to our mood and our energy levels just going all over the place. What can we do about that? The first thing I would say is to definitely eat more regularly, especially for people, whether you're a busy mom or whether you're working all day, some people will just go hours without eating. And that's really what sends our blood sugar levels plummeting. And interestingly enough, the symptoms that are associated with low low blood sugar levels are very similar to anxiety symptoms. So feeling shaky, a little jittery, a little bit anxious. So when you can eat a little bit more regularly, that really, really helps to stabilize your blood sugar levels. That's the first thing I would do. The second thing I would do is definitely make sure that your snacks and your meals aren't just consisting of carbohydrates. You know, carbs Mm -hmm. are good. Our bodies like carbs, so keep them in the diet. But make sure that they're 100% whole grains, the unrefined kind, and also that you're adding a little bit of protein into your snacks and your meals. Protein takes a lot of energy for our body to break it down, really helps slow the absorption of sugars. Mm -hmm. So whether that's through, you know, lentils, that's a great plant-based protein option, whether that's through adding chicken to your salad or whatever it might be, that's really, really helpful. What about fiber? Fiber. Oh, fiber is so great. It's the part of the plant that doesn't get broken down. Mm -hmm. So that is key for stabilizing blood sugar levels. So um, you can use a supplement like psyllium husk is something that people add to smoothies. It's really, really high in fiber. Beans are another great source. I love soups because I can just throw some beans in there or chili is another great option or hummus with vegetables or something like that. All great options really, really will help stabilize your blood sugar levels. So what place in this equation does sugar hold? (laughs) Sugar. Yeah. Sugar is definitely something you want to avoid if you're trying to stabilize your blood sugar levels. But the funny thing is, is that sugar is in so many more things than I think we realize. You know, a lot of people, when they think sugar, they think gummy bears or they think of candy bars. Donut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is true. Um, But there's so many hiding places of it. So flavored yogurts, for example, chalk a block full of sugar. Some savory sauces like pasta sauces, barbecue sauce, those things full with sugar. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of things that we can really change, just slight changes to help reduce our sugar intake. But I've heard some people say that if you're cutting out sugar, you've got to cut out all sugar. Mm -hmm. And they're even including carrots because there's a lot of sugar in carrots. Do you go that? Uh, Yeah, I've heard of this. You know, I've also heard people say, you know, don't eat fruit because it has Mm -hmm. sugar. And I don't really buy that. I mean, I love fruit. Fruit Mm -hmm. is convenient and fruit is natural. And I can't really imagine a life where there's just nothing sweet in your diet at all. You know, berries are fine. Um, Something that I would consider, though, is there is something called the glycemic index. That basically tells you how quickly your blood sugar levels are going to rise after you have a food. So there are some fruits that will cause a spike in your blood sugar levels. So for example, pineapple or mangoes, still healthy. But if your goal is to stabilize blood sugar levels, then I might suggest eating things like berries or apples with the skin on, things that are lower glycemic index. And not juice. Orange juice. juice is apparently just full mm-hmm. of sugar, but oranges yeah. aren't yeah, yeah, so yeah. much because of the fiber. Exactly. And that's why we always su- suggest leaving your peel on, too, because that's the part that has the I'm fiber. not eating orange peel. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I meant with apples. Okay. What about cinnamon and chromium supplements? Oh, yes. Those are great natural dietary supplements to help stabilize blood sugar levels. I never knew that. Yeah. So if even if you just put some cinnamon in your latte, if you put Mm -hmm. some cinnamon on your cereal, in your granola, whatever it might be, there's some natural phytonutrients in there that help to stabilize your blood sugar levels that are great. And it's so tasty, too. So, But chromium, I've... What is chromium? Chromium is a mineral, and you can buy it in supplement form. And it's been really researched to help stabilize blood sugar levels. So just make sure that you're reading the labels. Make sure that you're taking the right amount, which will vary from person to person. But that's a really, really helpful step as well. Mm-hmm. Well, where can people connect with you? Yeah, so you can go to my website. It's www.fresh-insight.ca. I'm on social media as well, at Christina Vero on Instagram. Or you can go to your website as well, since I'm on there. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Christina will be uh, will be doing some blogs for us and as well you can watch the videos and also all the connections will be up there and you also do uh, coaching for people as well you talk to them absolutely so if anybody's interested in that they can go to you Uh, give me just a couple of examples of 
low glycemic index foods? Yeah, low glycemic index would be things like berries. Um, melon is a little bit lower, those kinds of things. There's mm -hmm. a huge chart I actually put on the resources page of my website if people want to go there to check it out. Mm -hmm. And mostly things that are closer to the source. So rather than instant oatmeal, for example, you might have steel cut oats because mm -hmm. those are less refined. Those will take oh, longer to okay. break down that kind See, of thing. See, I didn't know that pasta sauce had tons of sugar in it. Oh. It's shocking. Yeah, I, I mean, because I, I make pasta sauce and I don't put sugar yeah. in it, but tomatoes, I guess, have natural no they they add added sugar or they granola add a lot. bars that's yeah. another one it causes me so much grief to think about this but yeah <laughs> christina vero thank you for joining us today and we will chat with you again soon thank you for having me what she said with christine bentley and kate wheeler will be right back Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. <sighs> Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. This is 1059 The Region. What she Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, we have chatted often on the show about the HBO series Big Little Lies, centered around at least two women abused by a man, one of whom was married to him. Joining us is author Jen Waite, whose book, A Beautiful, Terrible Thing, just hit store shelves. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you so much for having me. Now, your book is based on real-life events. Tell us your story. Yes. So I was married to the perfect man, um, seemingly perfect man, soulmate, totally in love, head over heels, thought it was a fairy tale romance. Um, we were together for five years, um, married for about two years. And right after I gave birth to my daughter, I opened up my computer for the first time um, since being home from the hospital. And the first email that I saw on the screen, my husband's email was actually up on the screen and my eyes kind of just moved down the page and I saw an email with the subject line appointments. And for some reason that just, I, I honestly don't even know why, but I just, that seemed a little strange to me. And because the rest of them were work emails and this one was called appointments and I could see that it was between him and a realtor. And I clicked it and it just had one line and it said, um, my girlfriend and I have decided to go with another apartment, but thank you for your time last week. So that was kind of the beginning um, to really discovering that my whole reality was a lie, a complete lie. Um, I ended up finding out that he had a girlfriend. I mean, and that was really just the, the tip of the iceberg. So many lies and betrayals and secrets and um, – Found that out over the course of a few months um, and then, you know, went home to Maine where I'm from and started writing. And that is where I am today with my memoir. So would you say he's a, a, a psychopath? So Sociopath? That, yeah, that that is um, a large part of the memoir and of my discoveries in real life. I ended up doing a lot of research when I got home because I was just – intent on understanding what had happened. I just, I was in so much shock and disbelief that I think I thought if I could just make sense of it, then somehow, you know, that would at least give me something to hold on to. Um, so I started doing a lot of research. I remember that I Googled 
husband personality change pathological liar. Um, and the first website that came up mentioned that there was one type of uh, pathological liar that you should never under any circumstances enter into a relationship with. And if you are in a relationship with, you need to go no contact immediately. And that was the sociopath. And I had always associated the word sociopath with serial killer, murderers in jail. Um, and honestly, didn't really know that much about what a sociopath was. And so I started researching psychopathy um, and uh, sorry, uh, psychopathy um, and sociopathy and uh, looked at all the red flags. And it was just like the hairs on my arm stood up because every single trait, everything started to make sense. It was impulsiveness, um, pathological lying, parasitic lifestyle, um, excessive charm, uh, everything started to make sense. And the relationship cycle, idealize, devalue, discard is exactly, I mean, exactly what I went through. So that- Okay, let, let me say, devalue, he devalued you and then threw you away? Is that what you mean by devalue, discard? Yep, so that is the relationship cycle that really every everyone with- um, on the spectrum of narcissistic personality disorder or psychopathy basically cycles through the same relationship cycle with each person. Um, so the first stage is idealized where they place you on a pedestal and it's amazing and wonderful and you feel like the center of the universe. And then the second stage is devalue where they start to very subtly um, the traits that they once idealized about you that made you feel incredible. They start to very subtly kind of, um, poke holes and actually use those very traits to make you feel badly about yourself. It's very complex and actually like quite high level gaslighting and manipulation. Um, like I can give you an example of that. My ex-husband always used to talk about how beautiful I was without makeup. And then during the devalue phase, I remember before I found the email, my daughter was maybe two weeks old and we were about to go to brunch. And he just looked at me really closely and said, I'll hold the baby while you put makeup on. And it was just very subtle, and I kind of just did a little bit of a double take. But I was like, okay, I, I haven't brushed my hair in two weeks. Maybe he's right, you know. Just little subtle things like that that they start kind of dropping uh, more and more. And then the discard is really when the mask just drops completely, and it's just well, was it that the mask dropped or that you caught him? And that's what yes, you're you're right, and that's kind of the conclusion that I came to um, in the memoir as well is that I accelerated the devalue phase by finding that email. I don't think he was necessarily ready to discard, um, but by finding that email, um, I think he decided, okay, well, the act is over, so I'm just going to... Because the night that he came home um, after I confronted him about the email, he was a completely different person. I mean, literally, it was... I was in a panic because I didn't recognize anything about him. His his posture was different. His body language was different. His eyes were just completely dead. Um, and it was unlike anything I had ever experienced before. Do you think that finding out about the hus your husband's affair was a good thing or a bad thing in hindsight? Oh my God, such a good thing. <laughs> such a good thing. Um, especially, uh, it sounds counterintuitive, but especially with the newborn because she was so young. Um, she doesn't know you know, she she doesn't know anything different than her reality now, which is just me and her. Um, and I have a very supportive family, which I'm very grateful for. But I went through an intense grieving process and she was so young. I mean, she was one month, two months, three months old during that. Um, so she didn't, you know, see any of or understand any of that. At least she wasn't aware of it. She was healthy and happy. And my parents were helping me take care of her during that phase. Um, and How old is she now? She's two. And does your ex-husband, her father, see her? No. He has pretty much, once again, since the mask, quote-unquote, dropped, um, kind of just, just gone off the radar. Uh, no texts, no FaceTime, no visits, nothing. Uh, so he's discarded her as well? I would say that so that he doesn't want any part of a life where we know what he is. We know the truth. Yes. Now... You, I understand you are applying to graduate school to become a licensed therapist and you want to specialize uh, with people that are recovering from psychopathic relationships. That is a path that um, I 
started down um, about a year ago and was applying to graduate schools and then really quickly <laughs> realized that I needed to slow down a little bit and um, because I have a full-time job in insurance actually and um, I'm a single parent and I'm putting out a book so I, um, I'm i still strongly considering that but I kind of put the brakes on a little bit and um, just want to make sure that it's a really thoughtful considered decision and not just a reaction to a mm-hmm. traumatic event so I'm just being you know completely genuine about that that I I want to make sure that that's the right path for me. But I am still strongly considering that. It's interesting that you didn't know or that nobody really knows. I mean, how how prevalent do we know how prevalent psychopaths are? How many people Mm -hmm. are are living with one maybe? Um, You know, there is a statistic, uh, one in 25 people lie somewhere on the psychopathy spectrum. A lot of psychiatrists think that's actually a really conservative estimate because it's very hard to obviously determine, um, you know, who is and who isn't since inherently they're extremely manipulative and and just chameleons. They're they're really, really good actors. Um, At the same time, there are red flags to look out for. And, you know, I tell us a couple because that would be good. (laughs) (laughs) And and they're in the memoir. um, And, you know, it's once you know them, it's like you can completely um, steer clear. So love bombing, number one, and that is kind of exactly what it sounds like at the beginning. It is just intense, um, constant flattery, adoration. You really feel amazing and wonderful center of the universe, but it's, it's so much so soon. Um, if you really take a step back and think, could this possibly be genuine from, you know, like mm-hmm. genuine feelings from someone that I've known for a couple of weeks. And at the time when I was 25, I really just thought that I had found my soulmate and was in love. Um, So that's the first one. I would say the second really big red flag is called the pity play. And that is when someone, whenever you catch them in bad behavior, they kind of change the narrative by telling like a sob story where they become the victim and they're not necessarily correlated. Okay. Um, So that's definitely another huge red flag to look out for. Um, And then I would say actions aligning with words. If you are dating someone who's constantly, you know, has a, has a great word game and then their actions aren't backing everything up, then I would say run. Run. Okay. Uh, let our, our uh, listeners and followers know where they can get a beautiful, terrible thing, a memoir of marriage and betrayal. Uh, you can buy a beautiful, terrible thing uh, anywhere that sells books, Amazon, um, Indigo Chapters. I know that Canada has the only trade paperback um, in print right now, which is really awesome. So, yeah, anywhere that sells books, go out and, and grab a copy if that's something that interests you. All right. Thank you very much for, for talking about this. And thank you very much for writing the book. Oh, thanks for having me on. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. This is 1059 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. And the name upon the marquee isn't mine. It's a stage name to complete a grand design. But it swells a small town singer to sublime, like warm Italian sunshine. 
What you are listening to is Marie, the new single by soprano singer and songwriter Tanya Chanchuli, who is here with us in studio. Welcome to What She Said. Hi, thank you. The song was written and recorded by Newfoundland singer-songwriter Ron Hines just a year prior to his passing from cancer. And it's a thoughtful and sentimental song that shines a spotlight on the life and legacy of Georgina Sterling, also known as Newfoundland's Nightingale of the North. So tell us about that. Uh, Well, in the last uh, year or so, I've been doing a lot of research on this late Newfoundland opera singer named Georgina Sterling, and she also had the stage name Marie Toulingay. And um, last year I was preparing for a tour across Newfoundland based on this uh, singer's uh, songbook. Mm -hmm. And someone mentioned to me, have you heard the song Marie? It was uh, written by uh, Newfoundland folk hero Ron Hines, Prior, prior to his death, as you said. And it's about this Nightingale. They, her other stage name was Nightingale of the North. And so I couldn't find it anywhere on the internet. I got in touch with Ron Hines' manager, and he sent me the song, and I instantly fell in love with it. And like you said, it's a very touching story on what it would have been like for her as a young girl from a fishing village in Newfoundland to go across the ocean to Europe and perform internationally um, what it would have been like to be her. Well, but your admiration for Georgina Sterling doesn't end there because you're currently working uh, on a book alongside Newfoundland author Calvin Evans about the singer's life and and performances. What do you find so fascinating about her? Uh, I, I think that back then, women were helping in the home, um, cleaning fish, especially in Newfoundland, you know, rolling their sleeves up. Newfoundland women are not afraid to do that. And uh, she she didn't even want to get married. Like She just said, I want a career as an opera singer. And she followed her heart. And I think that that was incredibly brave back then. Now, you are also, speaking of opera, the, the founder and executive director of Wish Opera. What's yes. that? Um, Wish Opera focuses on uh, performances that feature strictly Canadian opera singers and also Canadian fashion designers, um, furniture, art, that kind of thing, like to produce a modern vision of opera. That's awesome. Where can people find you online? My website is wisharts.ca. Wisharts.ca. Yes. Well, Tanya Chanchuli, thank you so much for joining thank us today. Thank you so today. much. Thank you. That is it for what she said today. We'll be back tomorrow right here on 1059 The Region. And now, singing us out in our live studio sessions, here is Tanya Chanchuli performing Marie.
Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. This is Charles Adler. After a few years of working on radio and television, The Charles Adler Show has evolved to a natural place in 2023. YouTube, podcast, and open RSS. You'll hear the show as it always has been delivered, concise, with context, clarity, and empathy. And as a bonus, the guests will be natural-born storytellers who won't fear telling stories that are personal and emotional. They won't fear uncomfortable questions. Most important, they won't fear me. Follow me on Twitter at Charles Adler and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.